0: Welcome back to an episode of Talkin' Shop. I'm your host, Gary Putnick, and today I'm joined by V89's Brett Rutherford and Christian Chavez. Today we recap FSU football's hard-fought win in Week 2 against ULM. We also preview their trip to Virginia as they take on the Cavs this weekend. We also take a look at FSU soccer's homestand and how they performed against Florida and Samford. And lastly, we dive into some FSU golf as we recap John Pax's run at the Walker Cup, along with the women's team and their first performance of the season in Charleston, South Carolina. Let's get right into it. All right, we're back, joined by Christian Chavez and Brett Rutherford of V89. We're going to jump into some football right off the bat. Florida State coming off their loss to Boise State. Disappointing loss for the team. They come in. I could say it's a disappointing win for this team. I don't know how you guys necessarily 100%. feel, but let's get into some reaction from you guys, Brett. What do you think about this team's win?
1: Well, I've always been part of the school of thought that a win is a win is a win, but it was it was really hard uh, to to take much from that victory, uh, except for you know I, I know some people were upset how 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 much Forest State players celebrated that victory, but I, I would say to those people. Um, you've got a small group of players. I don't know, or I don't know how big the group is, that work really, really hard for this football team. They, 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 give it their all day in, day out, and they have a finite number of games inside Doe Campbell Stadium, and they have an even smaller number of wins inside Doe Campbell Stadium. So I thought, you know, it was, it was an exciting game for, you know, an, an ugly exciting game. So I, I think they had every right to celebrate, but yeah, not a whole lot of positives. To take out of that victory oh
2: hundred I mean bright I mean you're spot on I mean, that game needs like even though it was a win it was embarrassing for Florida State in general I mean like and the, I mean this team just there's so it's a first half team and then we're looking at the second half it's a completely different uh, ball game at the end I mean the fact that we just blew a lead in the second half and then like our our pretty much our just safeties are can't cover the middle that, that's been an issue even with Boise State I mean just you see the middle wide open every single play, and that's where they're passing to. So, I mean, what do you got to do? You just got to adjust that and go to the middle. I mean, yeah, they're celebrating the game, and you have to. I mean, this team is going through a lot, and you need some positive to come out of this. I mean, fans are starting to, like, sort of leave. I mean,
0: it it got pretty empty at halftime. It was, like, uh, it was a decent crowd. It wasn't a great one, obviously. It was a 5 o'clock kickoff, ULM, most of the fans in Tallahassee, don't really show up. A lot of the students don't show up for those. That,
1: uh, the students show up to get their Instagram pictures. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I know. I saw Brett there.
0: He was getting his Instagram yeah. pictures. I, I was. I was on the other side of the section from you, so we were there as fans. And I know from at least my perspective, I didn't throw my arms up and cheer when that field goal, that extra point was missed. I don't know about you, but I didn't really look no. over. I think we may I, have had the same reaction. Yeah,
1: I, I kind of, I kind of just looked over to my friend and said, "Hey, we won," and then. Yeah. Uh, Went home and enjoyed the rest of my night, watched the end of uh, LSU-Texas. But it, it, it was an exciting game Anytime You get to get overtime for football fans. It, mm-hmm. It's fun to watch. Exactly. Um, but again, yeah, really, really troubling. Not, not necessarily for that game, but for what to look forward in the rest of the season. And I think uh, the, the defense is, is, is flat-out awful. Um, I don't know what the fix is. Um, I think they're going to stick with their 3-4 scheme for the rest of the year. Don't know if that was the right choice, don't know if it's right for the personnel. But it's what we're stuck with, at least while Harlan Barnett is employed at Florida State.
0: They flipped a little bit back and forth between the three four and the four three. I, I noticed see, a little um, bit throughout the game. So I is hard, maybe this chain these changes that Barnett's putting on them is maybe causing a bit of confusion, making it too complicated. I know there's a point where we're saying like their students they should know how to read all this stuff. They're they're smart guys and they are smart people. But it's, you don't want to make the game too much and you don't want to be thinking too much when you're trying to play. You want to just be more reactionary. Yeah. It's
2: all the fundamentals. Exactly. Yeah, you, they got to get the fundamentals before they can start putting big plays and just like start doing trickery and all this stuff. I mean, I mean, we were on Instagram on offense for one of our wideouts literally facing the other direction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that hey, I'm going to try and defend Kendall Bryles right now. That may have been a little bit of window dressing there by him. <laughs> so that, I'm going to defend that one. I'm now back, I'm in... I know I was very disappointed, very pessimistic after the first game, but now I'm flipped m- mainly because of my Dolphins and how they played on their first game. I feel <laughs> I feel like it made me have a realization that I acted like a child throughout the first couple of games for FSU. <laughs> and hey, Florida State won a game, the Dolphins did not. So I'm True. back on I'm back on team optimistic. And ready to and excited for what is up to com- what is to come for this Florida State football team. Uh, I figure you guys are probably not on the same boat, just because I, I know the rest of the people on Tomahawk Talk weren't on the same.
2: I'm page. just I, I'm afraid to see that a Clemson game coming.
0: Clemson um. game. I can be real. I can be <laughs> realistic about Clemson. We can I'm stash sta- that one in <laughs> <day. Yeah. laughs>
1: I'm not I'm not worried. I'm, it's gonna be embarrassing. It's gonna be. It's a game I'd like to go to. Just to yeah, see Trevor Lawrence. Same. Oh, of course. Um, but go, going back to the defense really quickly, something that Harlan Barnett and maybe it's a decision made by you know Willie Taggart. There's been a lot of rotation in the defense. They're getting mixing a lot of guys in, and you know think what you will about that. In my opinion, you've got the entire offseason to determine who your dogs are, who your best players are, and they've got to be out on the field. I, I, maybe they don't know. Maybe there maybe there's aren't enough good players. To stick with you know 11 starters and then cycle the next best guys in, but I I, I think it's going to be important for Florida State to determine who their athletes are, who their dogs are, their DBs, keep them on the field, let them make plays, because uh, I mean some something's got to change or there's you know maybe two three wins left on the schedule for Florida State if the defense doesn't turn it around and it's just not promising and mm-hmm. it's not promising for Arlen Barnett as well.
2: The entire culture just needs to change with the Florida State team. I mean, like, they need to, like, knock out all that outside noise and just focus on themselves. Just yeah. just stick to what you know best, and that's football, not all this drama that's coming out of, like,
0: everyone, everyone else's mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And continue with defense, do you think it's realistic that this defense can be – I know we were talking about before, it can't be fixed wholly but bandaged or plugged like a sinking ship almost, do you think it can be fixed? like Yeah. Adjusted. No, I mean, well, it can't get much worse. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, there's definitely... Uh, a... It could get yeah. worse. <laughs> it yeah, we'll can, get the worse. can get worse. first half team can get worse. Yeah, every team can get worse. <laughs> what are they, at
1: 77 f- points conceded already on the season? It's been mm-hmm. bad. But you've got a lot of really, really talented football players that are on the defense. Marlon Wilson, Janarius Robinson, Joshua Kando, Jane Lars-Woodby, who... Maybe shouldn't be playing linebacker anymore, but he's still there and he's making some big plays. Hamza Nazruline, who I think has been the best player on this defense, you can mm-hmm. up, well, not not the not the best on the team, but definitely up there. Uh, and, and he had another big game. He had ten tackles on Saturday. Um, but, so there's definitely room to improve. There's definitely some some dead weight that I think needs to be cut out of the defense, uh, including Juan Dontavious Jackson mm-hmm. for more reasons than one. I just don't think he's played very well these first two games. And you you know add that to the extracurriculars the the, the fumble recovery that went terribly wrong uh, with him and Levante Taylor and then the personal foul that he picked up uh, on Saturday evening taking the uh, ULM's starting running back puts his hand on the back of his head and shoves his f- uh, face mask into the ground uh, you know 15 yard penalty on that one that was that was inexcusable yeah that hurt play. yeah and it's
0: not only is it dirty it's just uh, flat out disrespectful. And I think was I think even Josh Johnson retweeted a video of it. Yeah. Cuz an FSU fan, I can't remember who it was exactly, but he said why are, like pretty much why are we all doing this and he's like this is just disrespectful and he's like I know, right?
1: if there's a if there's a player that if Florida State has the has the opportunity to to limit his playing time or completely eliminate his playing time without hurting their defense so much that they can be worse than they have been these first few weeks. I think they have to do it. I don't mm-hmm. think there's another option. You, you've gotta, you've gotta show the team. You've gotta show the rest of the guys that are fighting for spots that that's unacceptable. And that you're, I, I think it's, I think it would be an improvement if he went on the field. Mm-hmm.
0: And with that, if he continues to get that kind of frustration, because obviously that was just pent up aggression and frustration out of being kind of torn apart by that, by Josh Johnson that whole game. Imagine what he's going to do if once he gets to Travis Ntien.
1: Yeah. No, if think, he's doing that to Josh
0: Johnson with ULM, Ntien and Lawrence are going to be all up in his head. But it, but
1: in terms of his play too, I think I think he looks lost out there, and, and whether that's that's on him or whether that's on Harlan Barnett and, mm-hmm. and the defensive coaching staff, uh, he, he he's not hitting the right gaps. He, he's not making the hits he needs to. He looks lost out there. He looks hesitant, and I think that's the case for most of the players. But it's something I've noticed out of. Dontavious Jackson, specifically, over these first two games.
2: I mean, another thing is, a lot of these players, I mean, they're just trying to get the big hit, that fumble hit. They're yeah. not. They need to go back to just wrap your hand, arms around the player and bring him down smooth. Don't try to go for the fumble because that's not going to happen all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. That's how I play Madden, generally. I go yeah. for the big hit the hits, I just the hit stick. It's <laughs> how I'm always hit-sticking and I'm always missing tackles. That's how I play Madden, generally. Big, high
1: risk, high reward. Exactly. Really yeah.
0: like generally, if it's the quarterback, I'm going to try and blow him up. But it's okay but uh is there anything that is there any bright spot that you guys saw out of this game whether it be on offense or defense other than cam makers We know cam makers did a phenomenal job 36 carries was it over 250 I believe it was over 250 yards couple touchdowns right yeah yeah, yeah. No, and he just he showed up yeah but did you find any other bright spot
2: the offensive line mm-hmm. honestly like'm I'm, I'm actually surprised at this offensive line they gave up uh, correct me if I'm wrong two sacks the entire game. I mean that that is in a big a big improvement from last year. The fact that they're able to just hold off, like actually hold off these defensive linemen, compared to last year when literally it felt like every play was another sack. I mean the offensive lineman, the offensive line in general, just have showed up. They're showing that they're not going to be exactly like last year, and they have a lot to prove. They're they're in my eyes literally the <laughs> the besides Cam besides Cam Akers the player of the games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I really liked how some of the other receivers that don't normally get involved in the offense pick up a few receptions uh, in this game. Trayson Harrison had three receptions for 43 yards. Ontario Wilson, three receptions for 36 yards. I liked Blackman kind of sharing the ball a little bit more, finding guys that maybe normally don't get as involved. And I think that's going to be important for Florida State because Tamarian Terry, I know he had the huge touchdown against Boise State. Other than that, touchdown has only looked okay. He's having a hard time, you know, making those big catches. And it's, it's, you know, honestly, because teams are going to target him. Mm-hmm. He is the one of the most talented players on this team. He's probably going to the league next year. It's uh, it's really important for Florida State to be able to find other guys, whether it be DJ Matthews or Trayshon Harrison or Terry Wilson or a number of other guys, maybe even Keith Gavin, probably not, um, but to, to make this offense run as efficiently as they'd like.
0: Yeah, and I... I agree. I did like Ontario Wilson this past game. He did get a few touches, and I think he just needs a bit more time to just get his feet under himself and understand the speed at which this game goes. But I think that's all we got about this ULM game. I don't know if there's too much more that can be said. I know there's obviously a lot of disappointment in this room (laughs) from a lot of people. No, but and, K, is
1: gonna is going to win Florida State football games. I yeah. don't know how many oh, games 100%. they're going to win, but the ones they do, KM makers is going to play a huge role. He's carrying do you, the team. Fourth do in you, the nation in rushing. I mean, he's been absolutely amazing. And the ACC Player of the Week. Yeah, yeah
0: from the yeah, for the, or was it ACC Player of the Week or just ACC Running Back of the Week? I saw Run, him that, running Back okay, of the Week. Okay, yeah, because like, I saw that. I wasn't sure if I missed something else. But do you think he wins a game possibly with his arm for FSU? Because I know he had that one pass I'd against Boise. See, <laughs> I'd, I'd,
1: I'd love to see – Florida State use Acres in more ways than just running the ball, and Feed I think possibly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. Maybe we get a little bit of Wildcat or a little bit of Wild Cam mm-hmm. um, mixed in. <laughs> I think that would be really interesting, and yeah, it's I'm really really excited for this Cam Akers revenge tour this year.
0: Yeah, it'd be fun. I mean, that one pass against Boise that wasn't I wouldn't say that was his fault. It was Terry's fault. He just flat out dropped yeah. the ball. It was bad, bad receiving on his end, but. Let's move it on to UVA. The Knolls will be traveling up to Charlottesville, Virginia, to take on the Cavaliers this Sunday or the Saturday night, 7 p. I believe 7 p.m. on the ACC network. They're going to be taking on. I believe they got pushed up to 24. Correct, 24, 22 in the rankings. UVA, that is 25 in the AP. Oh, 25. There we go. Yeah, so 25 in the AP. They're starting to move up. They're on the come up right now. But the main reason that that they are coming up, is Bryce Perkins. Yeah. Perkins is yeah. their offense, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He, if Fuller State wants to win this game up this weekend, it's going to be stopping Bryce Perkins. So the question is, how do you stop Bryce Perkins?
1: I think you've got you've to bring the pressure almost every other play. Uh, that's that's the only way. And, and it didn't really work for them against ULM, but you've, you've got to bring the edge rushers. You've got to blitz. That's the only way you're going to be able to but but if he gets out of the pocket then it's game over. I
0: was going to say you hey, know? how much of a balance you got the part about going up against a guy that can run the ball and throw the ball like Perkins does is you have to find that balance with blitzing and sitting back and waiting for him to come to you because he's a good thrower. He has some issues every now and then, but you got to pick you got to pick your poison, honestly. No,
1: and for Florida State, if if they don't pick their poison, they're going to get hit with both poisons. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. Main, you, know, you got if you, if you don't if you don't pressure him he's gonna beat you with his arm. If you do pressure him, you know, occasionally he'll, he'll get you with his legs. So I think it's gonna be really important for them, for guys like Janarius Robinson, Joshua King, to put a lot of pressure on Perkins this weekend. Uh, and, and Florida State, you know, it's kind of fingers crossed with this defense. And it's, it's not really fingers crossed for this defense, it's fingers crossed that the offense can put up enough points to keep it a close game. Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, Bryce Perkins, I mean, that, his legs are incredible. I mean, last week he uh, posted up 70 yards rushing just from 18 attempts, I mean, that's just – that defense really needs to step up. I mean, like exactly like you said, they need to pressure him, but they also need to, like, see, I mean, how, how can they stop him without putting, like, wide-open gaps for his wide receivers.
0: And do you guys think that they're going to be able to get the run game going with anyone else other than Perkins? Because I know he's their leading rusher for yeah. this Cavaliers team. Who could it be for them?
1: I mean, I think I, I think I could probably uh, run pretty well against Florida State's defense. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, they've, they've got a couple other guys, P.K. Kier, Mike Collins, that have, that have put together some pretty good performances for them, and, you know, they're not getting as many touches because of Perkins' ability to run. Um, so I, I, I think that's going to be what really hurts Florida State. Is You can give Perkins a break, hand it off to a few other guys, and they're going to be able to find holes just as easily. Uh, it's it's yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a high scoring game if Florida State's in it at all. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, if that second half team could come back and actually do the job, I mean, because I mean, right now, just from UVA's perspective, I mean, 48 points in the first half and then 34 points in the second half that they've scored so far. I mean, that 34 points could hurt them bad if they don't if they don't shut them down. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, time. and with this UVA team, they're they generally try and run a lot of trick plays. They try and get a lot of. Just mix match or mismatching on defense on, when they're on offense, so they try and get a lot of confusion. Do you think how much? How I mean, how much of a tough time is this team gonna have uh, reading this offense in the way that they're going?
1: They can't even read the simplest of offenses. I mean, it's been a complete schematic uh, disaster so far this season. Um, so it, you you got you to gotta rely on this defense. If they're going to make stops, they've got to rely on their big-time athletes, you know, the Akeem Dents, who had a bit of a rough game on Saturday, the Jaden Lars Woodbees, uh, to, to make big plays. And I don't know with the experience they have and the way it's gone this year if you can count on that if you're Florida State. No,
0: yeah, nothing. <laughs> all right. Yeah, It's it's tough to say, really, because this Florida State team, like you said, does have – Tough time even reading the simplest of play calls on on their side of the, on when they're not on the ball. But the one thing that Florida State's gonna have to take advantage of is this UVA defense. They they're pr- they're pretty good. They I mean granted they played a game. Against, they had a tough time in the first half against Pitt, and then they they had an easy day against William and Mary. William and Mary is kind of out of the question. We're not really gonna <laughs> talk about that game. But in their game against Pitt, they gave up 14 points. I believe but all 14 was in the first half. And then they shut them down in the second. So it's kind of the opposite of what Florida State did, has been doing. So I don't know if they're gonna be that same kind of team or maybe their UVA kinda got their confidence up against William and Mary with that I think they had a pick six and a few other big turnovers for them in Charlottesville. So I don't do you guys see them having another big day?
1: I'd love to see Cam Akers just put together even half the performance he did against U L M. Um, if, if they do that, and, and if Terry kind of breaks out of the you know, the mini-funk that he's in uh, and, and Blackman protects the football, yeah, Florida State is going to put up points. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a question of, of how many.
0: And, yeah. with their, with the point, and with their rate of which they put up the points, I know UVA head coach Bronco Mendenhall mentioned earlier this week, he said tempo was the big part for FSU and their timing because their FSU offense runs so fast. That it gives the defense a little time to rest. Even when they do score, they're scoring under, and under I'd say under three minutes or so on a when they're fast. But this ends up hurting the defense a lot because they kind of just get strung out there for forty minutes at a time during the game or whatever. So, do you, do you think there's any validity to that statement that Mendenhall had? It's kind of like a double-edged sword. I mean, like you can't
2: tell the offense. All right, slow it down. I mean, if you have the defense on its edge, don't slow down your momentum. You got to yeah. keep it up. Mm-hmm. You got to just continue powering through. I mean, if that if the problem is that they're going way too fast, then I mean that defense needs to understand if they're going fast. Then you need to try to figure out whatever you can do to rest, get back to your uh, normal state, and get back out there if you have to. I mean. You just can't stop a momentum if it's going fast.
1: No, it's it's easy to, to put some blame on the offense and how fast paced they are, and they've had like twenty second drives. Um, but but the defense sometimes the defense has to get themselves off the field. And when you're allowing first down after first down after first down, you're not helping yourself. And that's from from the opening kickoff before the offense might even take the field. So the defense, uh, as well, I don't I don't think there's defensive players out there you know blaming the offense. I think it's more so from parts of the media and in the fan base. Um but yeah, the defense they they've got to they've got to help themselves a little bit
0: too. Okay. And do you, what do you think UVA is going to try and do to exploit F, this flaw you could call it on offense and defense?
1: If 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 I'm UVA, I let Florida State try to make big plays. Um Blackman is probably good for one or two really big mistakes when they're trying to force the ball downfield. Uh, and then get get your offense back on the field. And let Perkins kind of run it down our throats.
2: Yeah, and I definitely think Perkins is going to realize that there's a hole right up the middle for that defense. Florida yeah. State they just don't know how to read their man. They like they'll play zone, but then they don't understand if there's a guy running up the middle. What do you do? You come and block him. Like you gotta you gotta get your man. Yeah. That's what they're going to exploit. And
1: and, uh, and a couple quick factoids. You look back in week one when when Virginia played Pitt, a power five and ACC mm-hmm. opponent. Uh, Pitt's leading rusher in that game, AJ Davis, only picked up 25 yards on the ground against UVA, and maybe that's maybe that says a little bit more about AJ Davis than it does about the Uf, U, uh, UVA defense. But it's kind of scary if you look at Florida State and you know, how much they have had to rely on the run game these first two games just to pick up one win against ULM. Uh, and another, the other one going back to 2009, the forgotten de- decade, mm-hmm. the end towards the end of the uh, the Bowden uh, era, uh, Florida State. In, coming off of a win against a weak opponent in Jackson State, where they only won 19-9, so some similarities between that game and the game against ULM, really weak opponent at home that you barely beat. Then to go on the road, a, a true road game, Florida State in 2009 went to BYU to face the uh, Bronco Mendenhall-led Cougars, and they won. And so now they're going on the road to UVA to face another Bronco Mendenhall led team coming off an ugly win. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a chance.
0: Yeah. I what mean, was um, the score of that game against BYU? Uh,
1: I'd have to, I'd have to pull it up. I think they, they beat them pretty handily though. Um, I, yeah, I think, cause they, I think they really turned it around. And, and that BYU team went like 11 and 2 that season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was 54 to 28 Florida State. Wow. wow. So, a huge, huge day. Christian Ponder tore them up. So Christian Ponder, EJ Manuel got in the game a little bit too. Wow. Nice. Yeah, so I think, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be quite as easy for Florida State this time around against Bronco Mendenhall, but I'm saying there's a, there's a chance. There's
0: a chance, there's always a chance, and speaking of chances, what chance do you give FSU of winning this game, this week, in Charlottesville?
2: It's very slim for me. Sli- uh, I, I I know that we it's tough being part, like, trying to root for this school and just trying to see that this school can actually like outperform everyone but it's just like realistically this defense hasn't improved the offense i mean they're just a first half team so i mean i it's very slim to see this florida state team come out of uva with a win
0: uh, what do you got for the score
2: score it's gonna be a blow i think it's gonna be 42 14
0: UVA, UVA, oh lord, jeez. Yeah. If,
1: if, if if I'm putting my money anywhere this weekend, um, it's gonna be Virginia against the spread. <laughs> if I if I were to put money anywhere this weekend, there, I think it's Virginia minus seven. Um, and uh, as prolific as Cam Akers was on Saturday, it's gonna be hard to repeat that against a Power Five opponent, especially one that has been as good as Virginia has, and the defense is is a is a dumpster fire, you know, plain and simple. Um. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go forty to forty twenty one, uh, Cavaliers. Wow.
0: Okay. So, by my math, I'm way off. Then <laughs> my numbers from yesterday when we did the show, when we did talking or Tomahawk talk, I had the Knolls. I'm on back on. Like I said, I'm back on team optimistic. I am here for Willie. I'm here for this team. I want them to succeed. I want them to do well. So I'm taking the Knolls in a nail biter. A nail biter in Charlottesville, a not too big of a scoring nail biter either, 19 to 16 Seminoles. It's well, going to be weird. To, <laughs> to, to be
1: fair to you, Gary, and, and to be fair to Willie Taggart, he did say that he thinks that the game against the ULN is going to be a, a, a learning, a learning mm-hmm. moment for the team to learn how to win close games, to learn how to fight back in a game that you face adversity. You know, it's a different opponent, different level of opponent. Um, but, but I think there is credence to that, and I think. Yeah. There's there a lot of young guys that probably really, really learned a lot from that victory. They learned that it's not going to be all sunshine and daisies at Florida State and at Dope Campbell Stadium. Now they go on the road, kind of get a change of pace. You're getting out of your own bed, maybe a different routine, a different game day routine. And that might be something that turns out to be really good for Florida State. and cooler temperatures. Yeah, I was about to mention that yeah, it's not cool. going to
0: be as hot and humid in Charlottesville. High <laughs> That'll be <laughs> not <laughs> Hey, it'll be nice. It'll be nicer weather. W- I'd assume it probably be in the 70s around kickoff in Charlottesville. That was last week.
2: We should- last week it was in the 70s. We in 75. Oh, up there or up down? There. I, was I was about to say. I was about, no, say I, was about, <laughs> I
0: was about to say. Lord knows it wasn't in 70 in Tallahassee last Saturday. I'm still Saturday. burnt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm still trying to rehydrate really from that <laughs> weekend. But let's okay. That's enough on football. We've had our time for football. We've had our time to vent. It's time to move on to a team that doesn't generally disappoint uh, FSU fans, and that is the FSU women's soccer team. Not really the, just the women's soccer team, just the FSU soccer team. Yeah, that's all.
1: The because we got.
0: they are the only FSU soccer team, and they came off a re- they came after losing, going zero two on the West Coast against UCLA and USC. They come back home, take on the Gators, defeat the Gators two to one. And then come and then blow out dominate the Sanford Bulldogs six to nothing were you guys worried after the o2 West Coast swing I wasn't honestly just because
2: like if you look at last year UC- UCLA and USC came down to Florida and mm-hmm. they did it was the exact same thing I mean my thought on that was if you come out with at least one win all right, that's fine. But if you didn't come out with any, I wasn't going to be disappointed. That's mm-hmm. tough. You're going across the country. You're playing at, at a stadium that, or, like, at a time that you're really not, like, used to. So, I mean, I'm not really disappointed about that. And, like, I knew they were going to come back here fresh, ready to go. Like, understand this is a Sunshine State matchup, and it's a big game. So it was a really good game to bounce back.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think that road trip, yeah, you know, it's, it's really hard to expect them to go in and take both games. But with the expectations coming into this season, you're the defending national champions. It was slightly disappointing to see them go out there and drop both games, although I thought they were competitive in both of those. And then you saw a little bit of that, you know, maybe road trip hangover at the start of this Florida game. I didn't think they played very well. And, and I say that because in the second half, they, they clawed their way to a victory, which was really, really important to see. It's the type of wins that you're gonna have to have in the ACC and, and you get into postseason play. Uh, some some great moments, a great atmosphere out at the Plex, uh, and, and, and a truly you know exciting game, even though I don't think Florida State played very well for the first half and, and, and most of the second half.
0: Well, I mean, they dominated. It felt like, just from watching it, they dominated the ball throughout the whole game. The Gators just got a couple lucky breaks here and there, yeah. especially when and they got that their one goal, which was a pretty nice goal. But, oh, it was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So, so the Gators did get their chance, and they ended up taking the, a one nothing lead. They had a lead at one point, and then... Some errors came by. Their goalie, I can't remember her name. I, it, from what I saw, it looked like she was anticipating a call from the ref to stop offside, it. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So she was anticipating an offside, kind of let the ball sit there, and then McFarland steals the ball away and just taps it in, pretty now, much. And <laughs>
1: Kristen McFarland and Gary, I know you know she's not the quickest striker, but no. if, if if she gets in front of goal, she she has a foot for goal. She's gonna get a lot of fouls because she's she's big and she's you know she's gonna get whistled a lot. She's not the quickest, but you get her in the box and you get the ball at her feet, and she's a goal scorer. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be really important. That's huge for this team. I know Florida State's kind of built around these quicker, more technical players. McFarland's not that, but she's definitely a valuable asset for this team. And this one might have been kind of a a, a gift to her, this goal, but it, it was huge for her to be there at that moment, at that time. And, and tie up the game for Florida State.
2: It was huge. I mean, in this game, the intensity of this game, I mean, just the pure emotion that was put into this. There was so much heart put into this game. I mean, like, just watching it, I mean, I was like, this. I haven't seen this much of, like, a nail-biter since the Florida Duke game last year, the Florida State Duke game last yeah. year for basketball when literally came down to the wire. I mean, Florida State lost, but still, I mean, this game just had so much raw emotion to it. And the fact that Brooke Bellinger came in the 79th minute after uh, Caroline Jeffers, Jeffers, Jeffers gets a red card. We're going to talk about that. For, yeah, yeah, she, that was a dirty... It was a dirty... It's but. just the rivalry. It's yeah. the rivalry.
0: these. There's no love lost. <laughs> yeah. no, that, but, that's the excuse that you have to make for it. It's I, just the I, rivalry. I, yeah. I mean, I don't... I'm not going to blame her. I'm not going to blame her for that. I mean, it just happens. Like, I, I
1: didn't see it and in, 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 neither did the ref at first. He had to go to uh, yeah, Instant the, Replay yeah. to VAR. He did the VAR. Yeah. So <laughs> we were
0: all surprised. I didn't... I had no idea of VAR has yeah. made its way to the college game but me, and, me you, and my friends we were who watching really from were. the concourse that's yes. how packed it was yeah they
1: had to sit up on bricks on, on the concourse to be able to get a good view of the game but Brooke Bollinger like how how awesome was that for her to, to come, from the to come in, in in her first moment mm-hmm. in the game saves a penalty that would have tied up the game for the for the University of Florida and and then finishes off the game in, in Florida State's playing down to 10 players and, and finishes off the win 2-1 to one. Uh, that she she was even though she didn't play the whole game was my was my player of the game for Florida State. You make that penalty save and
2: yeah, she it. was. I mean, and also I mean, you got to think about this. This was her first game since the two thousand and eighteen ACC championship yeah. to come in at that at that big moment and get that save. I mean, she read that ball well. I mean that that kick she knew even before she it left her foot that it was going to be saved.
0: Yeah, and and the atmosphere was amazing around it. it was a great save. I don't know if if Florida scores that penalty i don't know if it floridiansm winning ends up winning i think no. it might have just ended up as a draw so yeah. that was yeah play well, of the game those
1: last those last 10 to 15 minutes they they weren't able to possess the ball as easily in the, as they did in the first half i think they were they were exhausted they you know just still coming off the road trip in a really intense game i do want to comment quickly on the performance of Yuji Zhao. obviously she scored the winner in this game um, but she's a player that Florida State's kind of moved up into you know, more of an attacking midfield role. When last year she played a little deeper on the field, uh, trying to win balls back, make tackles. And she did that a lot in this game, and she really played both roles. So I think that was really important, not only for her in the attacking third when Florida State was moving forward, but also dropping back and helping Florida State win the ball back when Florida you know, had, had multiple counterattacks throughout the entire game. I mean,
2: they play a four-three-three three formation, and yeah. it's a very loose 4-3-3 because three, three, yeah. you see Dana come up, you'll see. Ja Dana come gets to up. go she wants. <laughs> <laughs> if she wants the ball, they'll give her the ball. Yeah, <laughs> and she'll she'll still kick it from from midfield and still make it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so they they ended up uh, winning their next game when they took on Sanford six nothing. I mean, it's one of those easy kind of games where they just come in. I know it was a hot day. It's new. It was a one o'clock kick, one o'clock. and. People were just boiling out there. I don't know if too many people were at the game because of NFL Sunday. I wasn't at the game due to production for the newspaper, but I don't even know. Christian, were you there at the game? I was there. I was covering the game, and
2: it's just – I was just reading the stats now. It's incredible. The fact that the entire – it was a dominant game by Florida State because Stanford Bulldogs had no shots the entire game. It was zero across the board. Every stat – Zero shots, zero shots on goals, and 17 fouls. 17 fouls. That's the only stat they had the entire game. That is insane. That the fact that that, like, you don't want that to be in the high numbers. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, this was the first time Florida State has scored six goals since 2015 against Pittsburgh. I mean, this was just a, it was just a dominant game overall by Florida State.
0: I, I still don't believe that they still put up zero shots like I that's got be a, that's got be a mistake by someone in, in stat keeping but I guess that's right I, I'm looking over at your sheet right now and it's it's a big zero it's big
2: zero. there's just dashes all along the, the board I mean and also I mean mcFarlane or not mcFarlane I'm sorry it was uh Jalen Howell I mean this was a first career multi- goal game yeah. I mean this this I mean she was just amazing out there I mean Just overall, I mean, it's just a dominant from that entire team. Brooke Bellinger, I mean, she she didn't have to. I think she only touched the ball maybe three times that entire game, and it was just because they were passing it to her. Like (laughs) State was passing it. That was it. She was just sitting there. I mean, it was a great first start for her. Did she even have a goal kick? I
0: don't even. Did they 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 keep that stat? I'm not sure. They wouldn't have score. Uh, Yeah, Yeah.
1: just a a really complete performance. Um, Malia Berkeley, amazing. I know we talk about Dana Castellanos a lot, but if you're looking for a player that's just as important and just as big of a plays just as big of a role on this team, Malia Berkeley, one of the most technically gifted players. She plays center back but can dribble like a winger. Uh, and it's really incredible to watch her play. I think she did a really great job making sure that Sanford couldn't penetrate that back line and, and get any shots on Bollinger. Uh, and I think the fact that Florida State you know they could have t- treated this game like a walk in the park. They could have scored two goals early and taken the rest of the afternoon off. But the fact that they put six on them, I think, is really important moving forward. And they were able to get uh, Mar- Coach Mark corian was able to get um, a lot of freshmen some playing time. Alyssa Connerton, a true freshman, um, and uh, he- uh, Heather Payne as well played the entire game. Um, she she's been absolutely amazing. So uh, yeah, I think a great team performance.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is also this is not a no a nobody team. I mean, like mark recording knows the coach really well he's he's the only mark uh, after the after the game he actually told uh one of our reporters he was like honestly that that had stanford's head coach would be the only one that i'd send my daughter to play soccer for that's how confident that he is with with that with that coach i mean listen to this he's been coaching for 18 years 16 out of the 17 seasons that he has worked that he's been the head coach for that team have all been winning records yeah, the only incredible. the only season that he didn't have that was in two thousand eight when it was nine it was like nine nine and three, wow. that that was it. I mean it wasn't even like a losing record. He just had it was just an unbeaten record. I mean, the, their head coach was just I mean he's a really good coach. He has I mean, mind you he's at Stanford. It's not really like a powerhouse team, but it's still just he's a really he knows how to win games. Yeah, I think it's
1: easy to to see this game and oh look they beat them six nothing and you know it's a non power five school. But it's really not something that, that you can just ignore, the fact that you know, Florida State got goals from, from a player like Jalen Howell, who, who doesn't score a whole lot. She plays a little bit deeper on the field. And we'll, had Christina Lynch scored in this game. Abby Newton scored in this game. They were able to, to just pound this Bulldogs team, no matter who they had on the pitch. And that was really important. And I think it's really great for, for some of the players that don't get as many minutes uh, to, to build their confidence moving forward as you get into ACC play.
0: Yeah, and it was just like you guys said, a solid all-around win. I know I'm not the most soccer savvy mind in the room. I promise. I'm, <laughs> probably, I'm, I'm trying learning. to learn. I'm trying to learn. I've said it multiple times. I'm trying to learn. But the rankings came out recently, and Florida State coming into last week, they got put as the sixth team in the nation after those two losses on the West Coast swing. They come back this week with two uh, big wins, with outscoring their opponents eight to one over that time. They stay at six. UCLA lost one of their games. They dropped to five, I believe, while UVA, USC, and Stanford all move up a spot in the rankings. Do you think those two wins for Florida State justified a possible move up, or do you think the committee got this right?
2: I think they got it right because if you think about it, I mean, they're not top 25 teams. Even though Florida State has receiving votes, they're not top 25 teams. They're not like insane games where, you, like, oh, my God, it's not like you're playing the number 20th team in the, in the, in the league like that or in the country so it's it, I mean six is a good spot I, I mean they're also four and two
1: mm-hmm. you
2: gotta, they're four and two I mean you can't put you're not going to put a four and two team above UCLA who's only lost one game or unbeaten teams who are in the top four yeah.
1: you know yeah no, I, th- I think I think the, those teams are the top the, the USC's the UCLA's the UNC's of the world and Florida State is included yeah. in that are all kind of around the same and it's going to take they're the same right now and once we get into conference play and you get to see Florida State play UNC and play a really really tough schedule in the ACC. Uh, you'll you'll learn more about this team. You'll learn about how good they really are and, and where they should be ranked. But I think I think Christian's right. Six is fair. You got to win the games, and they yeah. and they lost those two in California. Uh, you know maybe maybe not very disappointing that they go out and lose both. But yeah, I think six is, is completely fair.
0: Yeah, and maybe if they lost one and drew the other on out there in California, maybe yeah. they would have had a chance to move up. Of but, course. of course, that the two losses is a big number compared to the rest of those teams in the top five. So, they remain at six. But going into this next week, they take on UC or University of Colorado on Thursday night. And Colorado just got put into 24. They are 6-0 and on the season. And they have only one top 25 win. That was against number 24, Texas. And in their six games, they've only allowed two goals. And they have scored 11. So... Do you think this UC, this UC, I think it's UC Boulder, wouldn't it be UC Boulder? Do you think Mm -hmm. they pose a threat to Florida State this weekend, or this week?
2: I mean, like, this team is going to be tough just because of the fact that they are going on. It's it's an unbeaten team. I mean, their goalie is amazing. And it's going to be a test for them to see how can they match up against a team who's unbeaten. And also, I mean, just in general, just how will they show up? Will they show up um, and... uh, and yeah, just just play hard ball, play full ninety minutes.
1: Yeah, no, I, I what I what I want to see is I think they're definitely going to face a lot more pressure. Uh, you'll probably get um, Jeffers back in goal for this game. She served her suspension, um, so she'll she'll be back in goal. Uh, and and I want to see that back line really solidify. And they've only conceded one goal at home so far this season. That was against Florida on on Friday night. So if they can keep a couple clean sheets this weekend, they, either they go to Villanova. I think over the weekend. That would be really huge just because they they have struggled. I think they've kind of lucked out. They probably could have conceded a couple others. Um, so if their back line really you know stands tall, I, I, I that's what I'm looking for. They're going to score their goals. Dana's yeah. going to score. McFarland's probably going to bag a couple. They're going to get goals. Uh, it, it's just a matter of can they prevent the other team? You know, can they can they not concede? Can they keep clean sheets?
2: So you don't think Brooke Ballinger is going to start over Caroline Jeffers? Uh,
1: I I would I would doubt it. I th- I think they, Jeffers is their girl and. Uh, I mean, I but I'm comfortable if, if Bollinger does get the nod. I mean, both of them are just amazing. They're, yeah,
2: they. Florida State is taken care of. Yeah, I mean they're in the record books for shutouts, both yeah. of them. So it
0: it's incredible. But yeah.
1: I, think, I think I expect Jeffers to be back on Thursday. We will see though.
0: All right, and there's no shortage of, shortage of keepers on this team as it seems, but they do have one more game at the end of this week. They travel up to Villanova to take on uh, were they the wild yeah the Wildcats oh, up yes. there, 1 p.m. should be another one of those Sanford's kind of games. They. Florida State comes in as the better team but obviously there's always the chance for the upset so that'll be Florida State's actually that'll be their last matchup before they get into ACC play with Boston College coming into Tallahassee two or two Thursdays from now when we're recording this on Tuesday so how do you think they finish out this uh remaining pre-ACC schedule
2: I think they're going to go six and two they're gonna go into ACC play 6-2. I feel like they're gonna beat Colorado, and I also see Villanova, they're gonna get that W. Even though it's an away game, I still say that they're gonna come out with that W and start ACC play in a really good spot.
1: Yeah, they, they should run circles around Nova. Uh, again, a road trip though, so we, we saw how the road trip went. The last time out, definitely different caliber of teams though. Probably, the weather's gonna be a lot nicer. Uh, you're not playing in the Tallahassee heat in the middle of August and September. Um, but I, I expect them to run circles around the Wildcats and, and probably get a really easy victory. And then, and then the ACC season starts, and we know how tough those that yeah. can be. Mm. Um, and it's going to be uh, you know, all hands on deck once, once the, the big dogs start rolling in.
0: Yeah, and we'll obviously have more coverage of the soccer team as they get deeper into this ACC schedule. Let's move on to a sport that probably hasn't gotten a lot of coverage as of recently, but deser- certainly deserves it. The FSU men's and women's golf team, and men's team. One big thing that stuck out from this past week: John Pack, when and participated and played, not only played but dominated in the Walker Cup, which is the collegiate version of the uh, professional Ryder Cup, which is uh, a matchup between the best players. I know, I think the Ryder Cup or the Walker Cup is just England and Ireland, but whereas the Ryder Cup is all of Europe against America, so mm-hmm. America against the. UK more or less but the US comes out on top I believe it was 15 and a half to 13 and a half in favor of the boys in red white and blue and John Pack Florida State's number one golfer comes out and, sh- and shows up he went 3-0 and in his three matches that he played and he played in the Saturday foursome he played in a Saturday singles match and the Sunday singles and in the foursome he went two. he won two and one obviously for those that don't know golf as much at home that means he won two, he won two holes with uh, one to play, so he ends up winning the match on the seventeenth, and then on the other singles match he won by one, and then on the Sunday singles he won two and one, so he's been balling out. I know he's ranked nineteenth in the world golf or the world amateur golf rankings, so he is obviously up there with the best of the best. I know Cole Hammer was also on this Walker Cup for the U.S. He didn't play particularly as well as Pack. So, I mean, I would, from an FSU bias perspective, I would probably say John Pack is the MVP for this USA team. Obviously, those two points that they won by mattered, and Pack was able to take all three of his matches. So that obviously could have been the difference maker. If he did end up going 0-3, the United States isn't winning this thing. So I don't know what you guys, if you, I know, Christian, you're not the biggest, as I'm not (laughs) the biggest soccer (laughs) nut here. You're not the biggest golf nut here. But he really showed up and he really played well and I think I think he's probably gonna he improves every single year at Florida State. He has been playing well, even in his freshman year. I think he can ball out this year and just and keep rising these amateur rankings and possibly one day be doing pretty darn well in Q school and end up on the corn what is now the Corn Ferry and possibly the P G A.
1: Yeah, no, I think this guy is a bright future. He's he's definitely the best player on the Florida State team and We've seen, you know, I'm not saying he's the next Brooks Kepka, but we've seen Florida State produce top, you know, world-class golfers. So it's, it's exciting to see, you know, Johnny Pack do so well at the, walk, at the Walker Cup. And uh, I think moving forward, he, he's, he's going to be one of those guys you got to keep your eye on because he, just the, the, the skill he has on the golf course is, is unmatched. And uh, it's, it's a guy that, you know, again, you say they don't get as much coverage, but he's definitely a, a player, a golfer, that uh, Florida State fans should be proud of.
0: Christian, you got anything? Or are you kind of going to sit back? <laughs> I'm
1: going to sit
2: back and write it
0: out. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I know cover- my first two years with the FSVU, I started my freshman spring semester. I got I was. My beat's been the golf beat, so I've loved covering this team. This team is so great to watch. Coach Trey Jones is a great guy to talk to. If you ever want to talk golf or anything yeah. about with him, he's always there. And he's always a good uh, source for golf news and all that. So, and one thing that Pac, I know you mentioned that he's not going to be the next Brooks Kepka, but something that Brooks and him kind of do share. They do talk, they do preach kind of that flexibility. And one thing that I talked to Pack about, at, or during last season, or coming into last fall actually, he was preaching getting bigger, stronger, but also being more limber, because obviously the rotation, your rotational movement in golf is such a huge thing. And if you're stiff, you're not going to be launching the ball as far as you yeah. should be. So he's been improving on that, and obviously it seems to be paying off as he's now three and zero in the Walker Cup, 19th in the world, and number one on Florida State's team. We're not really going to delve into the rest of this, uh, the men's team, but we will dive into a bit of the women's team. They play, they just finished up their first tournament of the season today, in the in char- hosted by Univers- or was it South Carolina, Charleston. <laughs> they uh, ended up finishing tied for seventh out there. Uh, B, or, yeah, Beatrice Wallen finished 7th in the individual rankings and helping her team, obviously, finish 7th in the team rankings out of 17 opponents. So it was a solid day for Coach Ballen's squad, a solid week, really. I know they could have probably finished better. I know they have some really good players. Frieda Kinholtz, the number three women's amateur in the world. Beatrice has been playing very well as of recent. And Amanda Doherty, those are just their top three and they've all been playing well. Amelia Williamson had one heck of a summer. If you, followed, if you follow FSU Golf on Twitter, they were just blowing up every other week about Amelia Williamson. She kept winning, whether it be with the Norfolk, the Norfolk Team Norfolk for the one of the East County Championships over in England and to other tournaments around, the, around Europe. She was playing solid. So this team for Coach Bond is poised, I believe, to have a, a pretty big year.
1: Yeah, I think uh, there's some really, really talented golfers, but what's going to help this team a lot is how deep they are. There's a lot of different golfers on this women's team that Florida State can depend on and that's going to carry them throughout this season.
0: Christian you got anything or once again sitting back (laughs) I
2: I mean I covered this story today actually for my shift I mean all I know is that Wallen she uh, scored a single best round in the in her first round with a par 67 right yeah Florida State actually had had that right (laughs) yeah well she
0: shot yeah she shot her best round of her career with a 60 uh 68 sorry Beatrice had a 68 while Amanda Doherty and Frida both had 67s throughout the tournament so you can when you're shooting low scores in the 60s you're setting yourself up to be in the top ten and possibly in the top five it's just all about what you do on those other two rounds or four ra- or three rounds depending on how long this tournament is so I, the team finished pretty solidly with their average scores Beatrice had a 70.33 stroke average Amanda with 71.67 Frieda kinholt with a 71.67 as well Amelia Williamson with a 75.33 and then Caroline Hodge Who's a new name who really didn't get as much time last season? I believe she might be a freshman even. I got I haven't really looked into this new lineup yet for Florida State's women's golf team, but she had a seventy-eight point. I believe seventy-eight point something. So she re, or seventy-eight flat. So there were a little bit of struggles here and there, but at the end of the day, this team is in a good spot, and I think only time will tell. Once we get to the spring, they, I think they're going to be firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah alright sweet yeah, <laughs> that's, that's talking golf I know we have some of the best golf ac- experts in the business here but oh, of course. Yeah, for yeah I'm a top golf you know yeah, like I, oh. I, I could play there <laughs> see I don't like top golf as much it messes up my swing I, w- yeah. I
1: was really disappointed like I, I don't think there's a full 18 uh, hole mini golf course here in Tallahassee, mm-hmm. so that's something I'd like to see change here in the near future before you know I graduate um, so yeah I'm a, I'm a huge putt-putt guy 18
0: well 18 hole wise Florida State is going to be is updating the Don Valor Seminole Golf yeah. Course right now. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else is as excited as me to play play on this course. Jack Nicklaus is, de- uh, is designing it the Golden Bear. He f- coming from South Florida and going to a lot of ga- uh, a lot of tournaments at PGA National. He just does a phenomenal job. He knows how to design a course. If you look at the Bear Trap at PGA National, it is one of the toughest three stretches of holes in all of golf and you can ask any player on the PGA and it will tear them apart every yeah. single time. But obviously Tallahassee's golf course at Don Veller Seminole Golf Course won't have feature as much water as the Bear <laughs> Trap or PGA national as a whole. It will feature a lot more elevation. Possibly a lot more I don't know. I haven't seen the course yet. I'm excited to see it, but I think this course is gonna be a lot tighter. I have a feeling it's gonna be a lot tighter. It's gonna pay it's gonna make you pay for all your loose shot or shots that go wide, right or wide left. So I know I'm gonna be in trouble a lot when it comes to this course. <laughs> I to
1: get out there. It's been a couple years since I played, but it's All probably a good <laughs> thing. When
0: uh, it when it comes out, I'll be walking the course for the first. I'll be gonna walk it rather than ride it because that's the best way to get a feel for the course. I agree. So, yeah,
1: one hundred percent. I agree. that's the best Yes. Way. I. Know, well, <laughs> hey, you're
0: more than welcome to come walk along. I know. I'm. No, I'm ride, a,
1: how about I ride behind you on the golf course? Yeah, yeah sure. You <laughs> you can ride. Your, I'll keep you company.
0: Yeah, ride behind me. Yell at me whenever I hit a bad shot or make a bad or miss a putt. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's all we got for Florida State Athletics for this week. We'll be back next week. Though, so,
1: so. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's been it good. Is, it's been, thank it's you for fun. having us on. Yeah, Here of course.
0: And, yeah, thank you. And we'll see how uh, the football game goes this weekend. Yeah, Ooh. hopefully it plays out. Hopefully it's just a fun game. I just want a fun game. Let's call it that. Yeah. Oh, it'll be fun. Yeah. Sure. For yeah. Somebody. Fun, fun game. <laughs> That's it. Just a fun game. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talk and Chop. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FSV Sports. Also, subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Play.